Hello and welcome to Heart and Art, the podcast that connects people through creativity. I'm your host, Danny Vanderbrook, a Hong Kong-based writer and teacher of world literature. I'm excited to be here and share the many voices of our enthusiastic and rich art scene here in Hong Kong. Each week, we deal with a philosophical question related to the arts and explore the thoughts of our guests in relation to their own craft. In this first episode, we ask the foundational question, what is art? Inherent within that is also the purpose. So what is art for? Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. So to begin with, just tell us a little bit about your involvement in the arts. Um, So I grew up with art. So ever since I was really young, my mother has sent me to all sorts of music and dance and creative art lessons. Um, And I used to write a lot, not so much now, sadly. And I've done a lot of theater and singing and piano, that kind of thing. And so to me, since art has been such an ingrained part of my life, I really uh-huh. can't imagine me without it. Like, everything just seems so dull and boring to me without, um, you know, all of these sounds and colors and things that I can interpret in my own little way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I bet you do a lot of writing, but just not the kind of writing you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> exam writing <laughs> <laughs> how about you Luca um I guess I did it my my parents are both really uh they're big into art um my mother she got me really involved in a lot of visual arts oh great like not just uh classes but also there were a lot of museum and exhibits that were involved in my young childhood I did a lot of I, I played a lot of different instruments, but mm. then I wasn't really good at them because I never stuck with them. <laughs> but I'm now doing a voice major at APA, um, and then I also write. I, I like I write. I like writing poetry, but I prefer editing. Um, you and Abigail are in a, a joint pursuit in terms of editing. Yeah, we right? both really like doing that kind of thing, and so um, that's led to our great involvement with the school magazine, where we edit um, other people's work and we also put them together and share with the school community. It's really nice too because we get to do graphic design as well so there's a couple different facets of the arts involved. Mm. Sounds great. What kind of work goes in there? Um, We publish mainly student artwork so it's any sort of artwork. It can range from um, visual arts so like photographs and drawings and uh, to um, poetry and short stories and even personal essays. Okay, wonderful. How about you? Um, For me as a child, my mother, um, she enrolled me in a lot of performing arts activities. And it was mostly, uh, initially it wasn't so much to enhance my means of self-expression, but because as a child I was extremely uncoordinated. And (laughs) (laughs) I would, that's not even a joke, I would fall everywhere. Um, I couldn't, I would would fall down randomly. So I wasn't very used to being in my own body. And so she enrolled me in, in a lot of sports but also in a lot of performing arts activities because she felt that that was a means of me and for me to be able to understand like to be comfortable being in my own body and after I after I learned some coordination well the next step was learning how to express myself which I wasn't very good at before and um, now I've I've gravitated a little bit away from the performing arts side of the arts and I really enjoy visual arts now. Mm. Ever since I was young my mother would also take me to a lot of art galleries and she'd be very she'd be very um patient with me showing me each art piece and asking me well what do you see and trying to trying to foster um my imagination and things like that i really currently i still enjoy drawing and the visual Mm -hmm. arts uh poetry as well um but 
oftentimes when I have a little bit of extra time, I will just sit down and draw because it is something that I, I genuinely love to get lost in. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, that idea of growing your self-awareness, mm-hmm. both in, you know, how you how you hold your body, but I think empathy as well, mm. right? Um, it amazes me that international school students have time to do anything except <laughs> study. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit more then. What, does, what do you think art means to you? you? You've told us a little bit, but would you like to expand on it? Um, I really think that art started out as sort of like a way of entertainment but it's also a way for human beings to differentiate themselves from other animals because like it's sort of like we've sort of evolved into that level of sophistication where we're able to do all these things like use art as a way to entertain ourselves but also to record things yeah I think that um, art is just like also another way for us to express ourselves rather than simply through like just conversations yeah, it's interesting that link with with history. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that it is uh, it's recording something that's important to us. Yeah, Luca. Um, I think now more than ever, it's important to think about the practical applications of the arts. Like, I I mean, in history, it's very clear that there are many ways that arts can the arts can be more than recreational they can serve legitimate functions um and now i think there's a similar there's a similar there's an a similar kind of environment that allows mm. us to do things like that um <laughs> i keep thinking back to this one project i saw that wow. was like a mix of engineering and art and people would draw on paper and then they they designed a bike with with like uh, a blender at the back, and, oh, then wow. you, and then you use the blender. You take you you know you ride the bike, and then the yeah. the the bike like the blender mashes up the paper, and then you make new paper with it. Oh, and yeah. so it's very functional. It's eco friendly, but it's also art and That's things it. like that. Yeah, and it also brings up the question for me, what is the line between design and art? Mm. Because often that's really hard to distinguish for me, you know? Because, like you say, I think art can be functional Mm -hmm. as well as just aesthetic. So, yeah, I mean, that's a whole new question. (laughs) (laughs) One commentary that I read a while ago said something along the lines of that art is the most true and uncensored way of understanding humanity. And I do firmly agree with that because... I think that art is often an expression of some... It's the ability to tell some kind of story or some kind of deep personal truth um, told within the parameters of uh, society's aesthetic values. But recently we've seen like the rise of surrealist and absurdist art, and mm. it's, it's an act of rebellion against those parameters of society's aesthetic values. And um, I, I was reading this book called My Name is Red, and it referred to the miniaturist artists of the Ottoman period in Turkey and um, I read something along the lines of that art was their way of understanding what their place was in the world and coming to terms with um, what their purpose was So, so for example with their miniaturist paintings it would all be painted from the perspective of Allah so each individual human being almost always have identical faces and it would be very difficult to differentiate with, from them and everything would seem to be from an aerial perspective with no depth because it was from the perspective of God so I feel like the art is one means of um, not only telling a story but uh, a more it's, it's spiritually fulfilling mm-hmm. and it helps us explore the question of what is our place in, in the world and what is the purpose of our, of our existence and also, I find that, you know, there's a reason that when there is a repressive political regime that comes into power, the first mm-hmm. thing that they do is they will silence the intellectuals and the artists. 
um, because there's so many examples of inflammatory art pieces uh, starting revolutions and it's because of these personal truths that can be communicated and they don't really get lost in translation the way some things in language would. So I think art is our way of not only understanding ourselves, but also a means of communicating that transcends language. Yeah, I mean, it made me think of, first of all, you talking about understanding our place in the world. Um, you mentioned absurdism, and I thought of Dadaism mm. after the war. You know, it's the only way to express such an absurd and terrible chapter in history is to have art mimic that um, and yeah it's this idea of spirituality in art there is definitely something it's almost a divine spark in creation isn't it the fact that within each and every one of us there's the ability to create yeah yeah I like that you bring up the spiritual aspect of art because it reminds me of like how a lot of the most famous and well-known um, artworks, for example, from the Renaissance or mm. the frescoes in uh, different churches. And in church, we like to say that singing is praying twice. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we're already touching on the purpose of art, really, because I think the, the questions, what is art and the purpose, are very, very much interconnected. I, I do agree with Abigail's point because I think like a lot of the earlier pieces of art are also right the well, the more well known ones are often um, religious pieces of art and the commissioned art that is used to tell a story or a religious parable and also a lot of literature and plays can also be commissioned to tell stories um, for example in in the West um, in the medieval era a lot of paintings or plays would be commissioned about the lives of great rulers to demonstrate their their opulence and splendor um, more recently though I feel like the purpose of art pieces uh, now has an element of societal commentary to it because mm. especially with the rise of the with more absurdist and surrealist movements that are actively rebelling against uh, aesthetic standards um, because older pieces might have been a little bit more naturalistic they might have um, just been depicting things at face value uh, whereas now we're seeing a lot of a lot of double entendre and uh, metaphorical representations of different things, which definitely carries mm -hmm. a lot of elements of societal commentary. Um, so I find that very interesting, the sort of shift on what the purpose of art has been from more mm -hmm. naturalistic commission pieces during the Italian Renaissance towards um, now, for example, Picasso's Guernica and other more contemporary pieces. Yeah, I mean, the, the ideas that was bringing to mind for me were, you know, a movement from, say, Monet's water lilies through to Marcel Duchamp's The mm. Fountain. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the gold uh, urinal. <laughs> and it's far more conceptual, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Some people might say things like, well, this isn't art. Anyone could do that. Um, but uh, So I wonder what it is that allows certain artists to, to present work in that way and what makes curators present that work in, in the setting of an art gallery. That's actually really interesting because I went to one of these modern art um, exhibitions with my friend and I said, and like a lot of them were like, for example, just like a blank canvas with only one color and I said, yeah. come on, like I can do that too. And he said to me, but you don't. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you don't. Anyone could, mm -hmm. but it's the person who thought of it and actually acted it out. Now, I looked at Jackson Pollock's mm -hmm. paintings when I went to New York, and when I've seen them online, I thought, well, I could have done that. But actually, sometimes when you get up close to these things, they look very different. 
Yeah. Um, speaking, I, I remember meeting an artist who did a like some kind of, you know, the the, the water balloon painting, mm. um, mm. and then they it was so and it was she did it on such a large scale and looking at it it it, it, it felt so much more emotional and cathartic mm. because you can see the kinds of feelings uh, that are being put into artwork I think that's something to be said about like um, to be said about performance art too mm, absolutely especially since it, it's when we think about visual art it's something very secretive it's very intimate um, you don't really know what's going on but in the case of performance art it, it's just one of my one thing that I really like you get to see this process of invention and it's so it's so profound it's very raw exactly yeah mm. it just made me think of this concept called duende mm -hmm. which is supposed to be this kind of um, element of, of passion that's sparked within everybody and every artist when they are in what's called the flow <laughs> so I don't know if any of you have ever felt like that when you've been creating and when you've just been lost in what you were doing have any of you ever felt that way I know I certainly used to feel that way when I played the piano sometimes I wouldn't necessarily be aware of time and it happens to me when I write as well you know, hours can pass and I'll be lost in the story. When I, I have to s practice a lot for singing. Yeah. And when and sometimes when you're singing, you're losing a lot of breath. Yeah. So some t some point, about an hour and a half in, you've, you're not really sure if you're conscious or if you've passed out and you're just dreaming. <laughs> and that's the kind of... And when I think about loss, mm -hmm. being lost in, what I, in art, that's the first thing I can really think of because it, it really is that kind of space where you're not really sure where you are because you're not entirely conscious. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's also... I think that's kind of wonderful, like, experiencing that. It makes... It feels like you're... For me, it feels like I'm participating in something more than what's regular. It's it's like, a, it's profound. It's almost like an experience of the divine, of transcendence, mm -hmm. transforms. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I, I I also do like to write, and I I do like yeah. to engage in visual arts, and I often find myself lost in what I am doing I have to be I have to be forcibly pulled out of that trance and I always get annoyed when that happens <laughs> um, but I think for me it, it is it's in it's because I find that I'm it's my perfectionism I want to see how can I make this better how can I refine it so that it communicates what I want to com what I can't communicate in words if in the case of visual arts how can I communicate what I can't communicate in words more visually and it's, it's that strive for, for perfection that really drives me to refine it as much as I possibly can and just in order to gain that spiritual fulfillment and the cathartic experience that good art tends to give some people. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting as to what, what it is that drives a particular person to choose a certain medium of art. That's something that's always fascinated me. I mean, I know that often we go with the thing that we're we're best at mm -hmm. because that's ultimately what gives us the most satisfaction. Yes. <laughs> but I also think that there are some experiences that we have that seem to be beyond words, perhaps. And that's where maybe music or visual art come into play. Um, yeah. Um, I remember, like, one... Uh, so in my last choir, uh, we would go on tours um, every year. And so rehearsals right before we left the country would be really intense. Like we would um, have 
six, seven hour rehearsal. So we'd rehearse for three hours and have like a, a break and then come back and keep on going. Mm-hmm. And like, even though it was like basically my whole day dedicated to just singing and dancing, I never felt like it was like a chore or and like I never really dreaded it particularly much because I just enjoyed doing what I did so much. And I also remember this one time when we had um one of our final performances and we sang like a particularly like emotional and beautiful piece. So I think mm. it was partly because of how beautifully written the piece was, but um, also because maybe it was because uh, it was for many of us our last performance and so it was just very emotional and um, yeah, and we all cried. It was like a hundred mm. kids crying afterwards. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then, and we and we actually like go back to the audience and sit for like the rest of the performance. It was just like a bunch of kids crying in the middle of the audience. And, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's that sense of community, isn't yeah. there? Um, and that's what I love actually is that it's the atmosphere that's charged when you are either part of a performance or experience a performance that that's really electric. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, another thing that I'd like to explore a little bit more is just this idea of the political side of art. Because, you know, we can, we can treat art as a, an aesthetic thing, something that we do to represent society, but which is used to challenge. Um, in the Philippines, where, where some of my family is from, our national hero is Jose Rizal, yeah. who wrote um, inflammatory novels like uh, Noli Me Tangere and El Filibusterismo about the repressive nature of the Spanish colonial regime in the Philippines, especially with regards to the Catholic Church and how abusive that power was. Mm. And this is, we consider this the catalyst to the overthrow of the Spanish Empire in the Philippines to the point that we we even revere Rizal more than Andres Bonifacio who actually facilitated that revolution because yep. he started it and um, and he was responsible for creating that sentiment to overthrow something and it's because of that I think that I have a lot of respect for people like Ai Weiwei who even though they they know what's at stake yep. they know that they know the risks that they're taking when they want to produce art but they take them anyway because they feel that they feel so passionate about their cause and they think this is something that people really need to hear this is a truth that people really need to understand and I have a lot of respect for people who can put their put their own interests aside to share something that they think is for the greater good yeah definitely Thank you very much for coming on the show, ladies. Thank you. Um, for it's been really us. nice Thanks to hear you. you. And we hope to see you again. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to join in the discussion, have questions or comments, please post on our Facebook wall at fb.me forward slash heart in art 2019. If you love art and would like to take part in the show, contact us at m.me forward slash heart in art 2019. I've been your host, Danny Vanderbrook. Thank you for listening and see you next time.